0: Beers and Banter, episode 42. We have 1999 Super League Man of Steel and current coach of the Fiji Buller Coolers, Adrian Vows. Let's rip in. As always, we appreciate the support of GripStar socks. GripStar anti-slip socks feature panels that create traction that improves speed, acceleration and stability. GripStar socks are designed to to deliver maximum comfort and flexibility, featuring a breathable mesh design that removes sweat and reduces odours. Perfect for high movement sports, working on your feet or lounging safely at home. Seriously grippy. Adrian Vowles, welcome to Beers and Banter.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, It's uh, great to be on here for the first time.
0: No worries. Uh, appreciate you coming in. Uh, probably we'll do the customary. Uh, it is beers and banter. Today, I've gone the uh, Black Ops Pale Ale. So, these, again, guys around the corner, it's 4.8%. Um, defined by a balance of pale, malted barley and tropical hop aromas, our pale ale is light in colour but big in flavour. But don't overthink it. It is what it says on the tin, a pale ale, the Black Ops beer for every occasion. Uh yeah, I'm going to crack one of these. So what have you been up to?
1: Oh, just working, mate, working, going home and uh, watching the footy, which has been great since it's come back on. I'm um, really enjoying the the new rules. I think it's it's brought the little guy back into the game again, which I think uh, was turning into a bit of a wrestle-a-thon and, and big robots, and the poor little guy was probably getting left behind. But now it's, it's shaken it up and gives that... Sees those forwards tiring now, so it makes a difference.
0: And we're, and we're starting to see, you know, where it used to be three or four big guys on the bench. Now teams are starting to carry a utility, a spare back, and then maybe two mobile forwards. It's really changed, it hasn't
1: it? Yeah, it has. And and to be fair, the, the teams haven't weren't able to um, yeah prepare for it either because they changed the rules. You know, sort of at the start on of this, the fly on the fly as it, and um, so it'll be interesting in 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 the coming years how, how that changes like you said how you know the the mobile forward will be more versatile you know you, you get back to your, your your lock being a ball playing back rower now which is which is how it used to be and I think yeah. that'll come back in and um you know which is you know your Victor Radley type player and and that's what you want in the game you want that that player in the game
0: and that was you sort of lock center sort of you know very, fairly mobile as opposed to you know Tom Tomalolo. Huge body at thirteen. Is that something they need to do with him? Is he need to be playing more, playing more ball playing, or is he should they be pushing him into the second round, and bringing someone else a bit more? Mo-
1: bit? I think he'll have to change his game at some point because he does. Geez, he does a lot of work. I think if he adds in, I mean, he does pass. He's he's that big and brutal. He does pass a lot of times. It's an it's an offload, but if he adds a passing game into into his repertoire, I think he'll you know a little add to his game. And you, know, you all need to. At some stage of your career, you've got to change your game a little bit. Are they drowning him in work? I reckon, just by watching. I'm a Cowboy supporter, so yeah. um, I reckon at times they, they go to him too much. Um, you know, And I know he drags in two or three every time because he's that hard, but I think, yeah, you just need to be a little bit careful you don't burn him out. Definitely.
0: So take us back growing up uh, Western Queensland or Outback Queensland.
1: Either or Western Queensland, Outback.
0: Born in Cunnamulla. Kul- Cunnamulla, yep. Uh, grew up in Charleville or
1: Uh, both both half and half nearly um yeah grew up on a property actually uh, about hour and a half two hours from um from Cunnamulla probably the same to Charleville closest to a town called Wyandra the home of Peter Moody the race uh the horse race um horse racing trainer and you know, family, friends, as, you know, his dad and my dad played footy for Wyandra. So back in the day when my dad played, they had three teams in Cunnamulla, three in Charleville, a team in Wyandra. Whereas if you drove through Wyandra now, you blink, you'd miss it. Like, you, it's hard to believe they had two pubs and thriving town. And, you know, dad got paid to play um, back in the day because the sheep prices were so high. Um, his coach at Wyandra was a bloke called Bobby Banks, who's a absolute legendary player. Bobby Banks got picked for Australia, from out there he'd already played for australia before but he got picked for australia out there so it was a really yeah. strong comp um dad got offers to to move away but he said why would i move away um when you could stay out there get paid and you know do it do what you want to do and he'd he'd come here to the gold coast for boarding school and h- hated it so and he always sort of said oh if i'd have moved away and i thought but you know it was such a strong comp you know so um i guess the footy love comes from him uh, but growing up on that property was a we had, 23,000 acre property and sheep and cattle and motorbikes and horses and guns, and just a I could drive a car from a very young age because you had to learn and just a great, great lifestyle. Good, good upbringing. Yeah. So, we once I went to school, I lived in town during the week with mum, and then we'd go back out on the weekends. You know, you know it must have been hard for mum and dad then, you know, to live apart, or, or maybe they liked it, I'm not <laughs> sure, but um, yeah, it would have been hard. Look, three kids in town and but, um, yeah, I didn't start playing footy till I was about nine. So it was um, just one day I decided I wanted to go to footy training and play and um, just loved it from then what, on.
0: What were the grounds it like out there?
1: Pretty good. Carmella field was pretty good. I had a cricket pitch in the middle of it with sand. So you'd be running flat out and hit the sand and like a handbrake and. Hit but, the travelator. Yeah, but you got good crowds back then, though, just, you know, and anyone who came to. The Cunnamulla, It was a hard game and a hard crowd and yep. you knew you were in for a game and um, you normally got good refereeing when you are in Cunnamulla as well. Um, but, yeah, just the town had a uh, – you would have heard of Billy Johnson that um, – so yep. his old man ran the boxing out there and he had Australian, Queensland champions, he had – yeah, I trained a lot of the kids and, you know, I went there as a kid, I got bullied a bit in the first couple of years and Dad sent me to him to learn to hold my hands up and toughest, toughest training.
0: Is he still involved in footy?
1: Yeah, uh, Bill, he works in the Institute of Sport in Darwin, I think. Yeah, okay. Uh, trains a lot of the indigenous kids up there and, but he's old man, they talk about Billy being tough, but his old man was 10 times as tough as him and. You know, for nine-year-old, I reckon I was the fittest nine-year-old on the planet, just because the amount of training we did. And sport was big. Yeah, swimming. I did swimming. You know, there was footy, cricket, you know, netball, softball. It was a very strong uh, sporting background in 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 both Carl and Charles out in the west.
0: The times that we're living in now, you could see some uh, some regional towns. Come back, maybe I, I would hope that there's a lot of I keep reading articles that millennials are moving away from the major city centres, which which I find interesting. Everyone thinks that millennials just want to sit in the city and do nothing and look at their phones, but it, the, the I keep seeing statistics that basically they're moving away from the large cities, and and particularly somewhere like Sydney's, it's got negative growth in in the in in that age category. So it'd be great to see some of the towns around the country really really come back to life. If if that was the case, if you know, what does this modern world look like where you don't need to be in a, in a commercial tower to to do your job? You know, there's a lot of people, a lot of companies that have realised, hey, we can, our, our, st- our workforce can do that from home and yeah. potentially country towns in, in Queensland, you know, you're t- going to turn your pay into a lot more, you know, a, a lot more savings if you're out there as opposed to living in the middle of the city. So it'll be interesting what the fi- next five to 10 years looks like. We've, we've been going through this massive urbanisation and, you know, influx of people to cities. And now I, I, I get the feeling the the events of this year could change that and we could be going back in the other direction.
1: Well, like honestly, it's a great um, lifestyle. One of my best mates has just become mayor of Charleville and um, he is trying to do just that, trying to push out there. And, you know what, if you wanted to make money and set yourself up, you could do it in those country towns if you had a trade and – even more so, if you're a doctor or a dentist or something like that, you could set yourself up for life. But, the, you know, there's incentives to go there. It's a great place to bring up kids. There's so much to do. We used to get the city kids coming holiday out there and, and they'd be whinging for the first day, oh, it's boring out here as soon as they got there. And then by the end of the time, they had to go home. They didn't want to go home because they had that much fun, be it at the river or horse riding or motorbikes. And, you know, it's such a – you've got so much more space. It's quieter. Um, you know, it's a long way away. That's pro- only probably when you're driving. But you yeah, you got Charles a two-hour flight. Um, but you yeah, no, I, I love my time growing up there, and I'm glad I did. You know, um, originally I was penciling to go to boarding school, but Mum and Dad ran out of money, which is I was very thankful of because, you know, I got to stay out there with my friends. You
0: you end up here on the coast in 1988 for, for was that the Giants or was it? You were at Tweed Seagulls to start with or? I
1: was at Tweed Seagulls. Yeah, I moved, I finished my schooling in um, Charleville. So I moved to Charleville when I was 11 um, and footy really took off there. And before I left, I played A grade and against, you know, some tough men, which is I reckon was the making of me as a footy player, yep. playing against blokes that were, were going to kill you. And you're a kid and, but you had tough men around you. And um, so I used to go to the QRL camps and I met a bloke called Brian Winnie who was one of the coaches there. He's played for Redcliffe and he was the one that put the seed in my head about moving away. And I was going to go to Redcliffe because I thought my mate's family are from there. And But anyway, i got an apprenticeship here on the Gold Coast. My sister lived here, so I, I lived with her and uh, husband and um, moved. As soon as I finished school, a week later I moved, got on the Greyhound bus and 14, 15-hour trip and then... Started work and did a fourteen and a half hour day first day. I was gone. I was missing school straight away after working that. But yeah, so I I went and trained with Southport. and Didn't show any interest. So their mum knew the chairman Vince Hagee, from Seagulls, Tweed Seagulls. Yep. Who at the time were the richest club, one of the richest clubs in Australia. And um, he said, yeah, come down and came down and as I, I tell the story, I didn't have a car. I lived at Carrara, worked at Labrador, and trained at Tweed, but. Didn't have a car, so I ended up... It's a
0: fair commute, back in yeah, well, those days.
1: Yeah, well, you only had the two-lane highway, and I ended up uh, getting to know the boys, and a bloke called Dominic Todd and Pete McLaughlin, who, who Pete's mum and dad owned the Rose and Crown, and Dom Dom Todd was probably one of the best football players I've played with. Um, and Tommy Searle, the late Tommy Searle, was a coach, and, yeah, absolutely, loved it. Captain the side, we had a great year, and then got a trial with the um, Gold Coast Seagulls uh, for... 20, for an under-21 side, they were going to bring in in 91, so they're going to have trials in 1990, so that's how it all started.
0: Yeah. You end up – you play first grade at, for Gold Coast Seagulls?
1: I do, but not until – so I got graded in 1990, and I didn't play first grade until 93. Yeah, okay. So – yeah, sat on the bench twenty odd times.
0: Was who who some of the names still there though at that, that time? Was Wally still going around or did he finish in ninety two?
1: Wally Wally finished playing in ninety two, but he was my coach in ninety three. Yeah. So, um Steve Jackson, Brent Todd, um Dale Shearer. Uh to Ch- know, to Was
0: know. Choppy still there?
1: Uh Choppy had retired by then. Um Peter Gill, Brett Arsenal, um, yeah, there's a lot of young fellas in our 21 side in 92. There was myself, Kevin Campion, Jamie Goddard, Scott Sattler, Jeremy Schlosh that played Origin out of that team. Yeah. Um, there was Lee Groves, Andrew Whittington, Dave Bovang, Brendan Horville. I um, was a heap more, but out of that 21 side, I think 14 of us played first grade. Yeah, at, that's we're there or somewhere else. Yeah, there. that's great. If we could have kept them all, all those boys through, uh, we could have had a really good side um, going forward, but we all went our own own ways, you know, so. Yeah. But to play under Wally, you know, he's a idol, as he was most Queenslanders, Um, yeah, I just couldn't believe it, getting coached by the King. Crazy. Uh,
0: some of my early memories, I'd never went to a Seagulls game, I don't think, but I went to... The Wally testimonials that they had down at the Seagull Stadium. I still know. I I still know a few people that think back very fondly of the old Seagull Stadium and couldn't believe it got taken down.
1: Oh, I was gutted when I went, came back from England, just went down and had a look. Couldn't believe it when it was townhouses. No, there wasn't. First time was just nothing. Oh no, yeah. I, just, oh, I nearly cried. us because it was the best stadium to play at. It was such a good stadium, and I played in the Wally Lewis... Game in '93, so I, yep. I got to play, you know, all these legends was, Fatty and yeah, Paul Serenin Seren. and Brett Kenny, um, Sterlo. Was you know, Sterlo in it? Like, no, nah, not the one, I don't think. He might have been the one the year next, before, yeah. Uh, righto, yep. But I, you know, I remember throwing a ball to Dipper Domenico to score a try, and you know, it was just that, that happened.
0: Do you know what? That happened just in front of me, and I still remember Dipper going down the wing. And he held the ball inside the touchline and ran out,
1: obviously AFL
0: style, and then scored the try. I still, I was, what was I? I was probably eight year old at the time. But
1: well, I threw that ball and then I think I I don't know if I kicked a goal from that sideline, but the other one, but it was just amazing because all these people, I mean blocker, all these people you idolised, and um, you know you got to play alongside them. They're just good, good people.
0: So it's a great start to your professional career. You still working at this point? Like, still working a day no, job? No,
1: I, I, so I worked, I finished my apprenticeship at the end of 1992, my cousin making an apprenticeship, and I remember them saying, it was just before Christmas, uh, look, they called me in, they said, look, we're not gonna keep you on, uh, we'll finish you up in January when you come out of your time. I said, is there any chance you can finish me up before Christmas, because I don't really want to come back. <laughs> and, and that was it, it was so hard, because I was doing 10-hour days, and, um working and sometimes i'd work saturday half day Saturday because I needed the money you know because it was pretty average wage and if you weren't if it weren't if it was if I was working the in the factory, it was terrible wages if you got outside, it was a bit better but so i'd work half a day Saturday and then basically go straight from there to to the footy you know this is in reserve grade in twenty ones and so all of a sudden i didn't have to work and then i did some development stuff with with um seagulls and i was so much better and i yeah. and i you know i um a dietitian um julie albrecht um probably was a life changer she picked, she came to our club and i happened to be sitting in the front row and she was talking about diet diets and signaled me out and i had to tell everyone what i was eating and um Anyway, she picked it to pieces. I was I, For what I was doing, I wasn't eating anywhere near enough. So I was working, you know, a 10-hour day and then going to training. And I was, you know, she changed my whole diet. And I I, I, I don't think if I hadn't have uh, met her, I don't think I'd have played first grade because she just changed. All of a sudden I'm eating, I think I was eating 10-week-beaks, bigs, 4 pieces of toast for breakfast. Then I was having, you know, a lot to eat during the day. And, and that was before supplements were really in then, you know. Yep. And it was all... About eating really good and vegetables. And so, yeah, I put on six kilo of muscle in that pre season, and that I was just confident then. I, I felt I could handle it.
0: So, you felt your game improve when you dropped the dropped the day job, but do you feel like the current group of players are missing that balance? Yeah. Like that, that four year apprenticeship's given you a massive appreciation of
1: 100% move, no. when you go yeah. pro. Because you'd go to work. And if you had a if you had a shit game, you go to work and they'd bag you and say, "Oh mate, you didn't go that well on the weekend," you know. And you go, "But you, that was your humbling." But nothing uh, like a tradie to bring you down oh, a couple man. of pegs. They they're unreal. But I I say that I've said this uh, a while. If you if these blokes play up, you know, and it's pretty they're pretty good the players today, to be fair, compared to our era and the era before. Um, if they play up, go and send them labouring for two weeks, and then. At the end of two weeks, ask them what they want to be—a labourer or a footy player. You know, and they'll they'll come good.
0: Big difference between NRL and, like, say NFL. They've all got to most most of them have got to go through college to make it to NFL, and I'm sure that they get a fairly cushy ride through 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 their degrees and whatnot. But sort of something to be said that they they don't really enter the NFL until they're what 21, 22, and now we're talking about. You know, all the big news last week was this 16-year-old and whether or not they could sign him a year early or yeah. play him a year early. And it's like, that's too young. You don't need to be playing first grade at 17. There's there's enough talent, surely, to to, yeah. to fill the teams. Or do you think you you, you played A grade pretty young?
1: Well, I was coming to grade when I was 18. Um, but I played it. I know it was only Bush, but I played uh, um, against really tough men back then. Yeah. And I felt it was a it was a good thing. You there was know, no I, cameras checking the ruck back then. No, and if <laughs> I when you when you passed, you got hit. You know, so but I, I felt it made me grow up. And I sometimes that's why I didn't like the twenties too much. I felt it was a bit airy fairy. Whereas some of those kids would have been better off going even playing local A grade, here, say on the Gold Coast, playing local A grade against tough, tough people that they had to have their wits about them, you know. And
0: Is that um, why they dropped the national 20s comp? Because there was just too big a gap between that and actually playing first grade? Yeah, I think
1: so. And I, for me, I know Gus Gould raves that it shouldn't have ever been chopped, but for me, I, I felt it set them up for failure because, um, you know, you're talking about these kids, a lot of the kids come through the footy schools and they're put on a pedestal, they got a manager, the parents think they're going to make it, then they go in the 20s and they're going around the country and... They're getting this, getting that, and then they get to 21 and they get, they don't get a contract, and they think their their life's at an end. You know that they're gonna fu- they failed as a footy player. When in reality, you're still young, 20, you're still learning. You know, yeah. and you know a lot of kids took their lives and um, for a number of reasons. And I just didn't I didn't like that fact. I just you know, and they would, they'd give them a traineeship as a or a PT you know course or something, which again make them. Get a trade and 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 or whatever they want to do business or whatever they want to do and yeah. and do it that way. I just yeah, I didn't agree with it. Yeah. Um, I, I love the the Q Cup, the Queensland Cup. I think you know these boys, they train hard, but they work majority work for a living, you know, and but they still play a great standard footy. And I think uh, um, you see them step up in the NRL quite easy because they they respect the Q Cup and working and and they get that opportunity.
0: Yeah. So. Um, Uh, You finished with the Seagulls in 94 and and you're at the Cowboys for their first season?
1: Yeah, Cowboys 95, 95. 96, yeah.
0: Uh, I read today, first player ever sent off for the Cowboys. Yeah. Tell us us about that.
1: Well, I always wanted to be remembered, so I thought if I get sent off in the first game, you know, you'll be remembered. Oh, it's just, I I felt so good and um, Matthew Ryan returned the ball for the Bulldogs and um, he just, I went to whack him and I was sort of going up and, he was coming down a little bit, and my shoulder hit him right flush on the cheekbone and um, batted him. And then um, Tim Mander sent me off so quickly. It was ridiculous. I hadn't, I hadn't even followed through of the tackle, and I got sent off. And um, and I had his tooth mark in my shoulder. And, but it back, was.
0: Back then, that wouldn't even <laughs> have been illegal, would it?
1: Well, apparently it was. But, but I, I mean it wasn't was, a swinging arm. No, he sent me off for a swimming, swinging arm, but in the video, my arm's. I never, never even lifted my arm and that's what I was disappointed about. And then went to judiciary, got two weeks. First time being sent off or even sin and and um, I was gutted. And, but anyway, two weeks and then came back. But yeah, so go down in history for the wrong reason.
0: So you're only there two years, but you say you said at the start of the pod, the Cowboys are your team. Is that, is that that's who you go for yeah. nowadays?
1: Cowboys and, and the Titans. i yep. um close affinity with the Titans and... But um, yeah, I mean, I, I signed up there to, to. The reason I went up there because it's like a big country town, and I got offers to go to a number of Sydney clubs, and then Bulldogs, and South, and West, and Parramatta, and a few others, and the Western Reds, and um, the uh, yeah, uh, only clubs I really wanted to go to was like Newcastle or, or Illawarra, and um, but the Cowboys was like a big country town, so that's why I signed up there.
0: It's a it's a interesting time, and what some would describe it as a dark time probably for people that were in close to the game but um you know 95 96 and then 97 which is is the the divided year so you've got super league and and our uh arl hmm. but you ended up in in how did you end up in the, in the super league in the uk in 97
1: well i played so the two years and 96 i captained the cowboys yep uh played every game um Told the story a few times, but um, played second half of the year with a torn groin and then um, got through the year, um, was happy that Tim Sheens was coming because the first coach that I felt be able to – Grant Bell, who he had at the Seagulls' 20s and Cowboys coach was really good and I thought Tim Sheens, you know, he's won premierships. But unfortunately I wasn't in his plans and um, he named a 25-man Super League squad, so it was quite late, it was about November I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, didn't name me and then said, you want to have a meeting? I said, yeah, and then called me in the office and sitting like you are but with the hands like this, like that, and then just said, mate, you're not big enough, you're not strong enough, you're not fast enough, you've got limited ability. So that was his exact words and I sort of slid down my chair like this a little bit and was taken aback that he'd said that and he said, I'm going to bring our centre in who can score tries and I thought, well, I've played Half the year as a lock, so and that's where I always saw my career going because I like defending and yep. you can use the ball a little bit and um yeah, so I just I was gutted to be fair because I'd signed there to stay there forever, you know and yeah, um so yeah, and then uh, end up going to didn't play in Super League, played in the Super League in England.
0: So, um, well, you proved him wrong. Nineteen ninety nine Super League. Man of Steel. That's a pretty, pretty good tag to have on the uh, list of achievements.
1: Yeah, it was good, and he was the first person I thanked when I won it. So um, <laughs> because of all, he didn't sack me, I wouldn't have got it. So yeah, it was just you know, I love, I love my time over there in the UK. Good people. Um, to win that award, that's that's a team award. You know, we had we went well as a team. You know, ninety seven, we nearly got relegated. The first eleven games we lost over there. Yeah, okay, um, and. You know, they're very vocal, the crowd over there, so they didn't take too much to me for the f- for the first half and then by the end of the year we escaped relegation and, you know, they talk about uh, over here, you know, but the Broncos losing, but over there you lose, you get relegated. And yeah. It's even worse, you know, and when we escaped relegation that year in 97, it was just amazing feeling. The crowd were crying and, yeah, so... Do,
0: do you think we could bring that system in here?
1: Oh, I, I, I don't like it. I just... The only reason I don't like it is if if you, you – you might possibly have to go back to being a, not a full-time team because you don't get that money that's yeah. – and then the poor other team that comes up, they have to win a grand final to get up. So they can't recruit players before they get up. So by the yeah. time they go to recruit players, they're all being taken and you're behind the eight ball. I just – I don't agree with that. I just think uh, – I think it's poorly run – uh, what if it was just like over there. what if
0: it was just New South the, like a New South Wales conference that had a relegations factor to it so, the the bottom two Sydney teams drop down and play New South Wales Cup which they'd have a team in anyway and then like potentially you could see like Newtown or, yeah. or North Sydney or someone come back up like if they were the top team in in the New South Wales comp
1: I'm sure it would I I'd like to them to bring it in for the simple reason that they'd just get a whole new res- perspective of um of being uh, you know what it takes to win and and players knowing that they're playing it's not all about them um i'm not saying that is at all players but sometimes i feel like it's all about them it's about you know there's a culture of this club history of this club you're just a you're just a little part of it that you've got to leave your mark on and um i think it's important that you do that when you go to a club you're trying to leave it a better place
0: yeah do you, do you think the nrl so at the moment you can sort of obviously this this is uh, you know a year like no other but how super league super league was quite strong back then yeah lots of money in there, in in the in the well invested into the super league
1: yeah it was stronger it was better run it's pu- it'd been poorly run for a number of years and um, so badly and they just haven't grown um, I, you know there's some really good players over there that are just not bagging the comp but the the actual running of the game has been poor, and I think it could be so much better. And um, you know, London's been there for years and years, but it really hasn't grown as much as it should. And though, you know, they got relegated last year, but they had a really good season. So that's the bit I don't like about rele- relegation. They need to be there.
0: You lose that London market. Yeah. So then
1: you let them grow. You know, like, but how are they going to grow now? But
0: and the, you look at how many how many teams in London for Super League. Is it just the Broncos? Just the
1: Broncos, but they've got a couple of amateur sides which they're, they're growing as well. So uh, I just think that you've just got to go, right, they've got to be here. Um,
0: I guess that's the argument with Sydney though, the population of Sydney versus the population of London. You've got nine teams in Sydney versus one team in London. I, I like the fact that they are starting to bring in the Wolfpack and yeah. uh, you know you've got the Catalan's Dragons and spreading out. Do you think the NRL needs to do more for the world game or, or stop looking at their belly buttons and, you know, thinking that that Australia's the be-all and – well, the three states in Australia are the be-all and end-all for well, f- football.
1: You go back through time, go back to the Super League War, they should never have got rid of Perth. No should way. never have got rid of Adelaide because Adelaide had one AFL team there and they would have still had one AFL team there if Adelaide Rams were still there. The, the second team – same with Perth. Yeah. the would be only the one team there and – they should never got rid of them. It was just a poor decision by, I know they had to come together, but should never have, never done that. And, you know, and, I, and I'm a, obviously part of the Fiji bully coolers, but for me, there should be a, a, Fiji NRL side. There's enough talent to have their own Fiji NRL side in the, in the men's going forward, which is they're, they're in the Ron Massey cup now. Yeah. I've had to pull out this year, obviously, but the talent there is unbelievable. And in male and females. Um, but, yeah, what, what stood out for me in this whole thing is how poorly run our game is, has been by, I won't name people, but they're on good money, and, and this is club land as well, on big money, and yet have got nothing to show, no assets, nothing. Don't own any stadiums. Nothing, got not a thing, and this is in club land, you know, the, the, the players are p- played for, but they've still got no money. You know, there's these people who are supposedly very smart business people, but... I reckon you could get people who don't have 47 degrees that could go in there and run a club better, run the game better. And even the boards, the boards are, are terrible as well, and a lot of the clubs as well, and high up as well. So I just think it can be so better run and um, just, you know, there are too many staff, you know, just so many little things, but they can make the game better.
0: I think ANZ Stadium has been killing the game for a long while. That's my personal opinion. I lived in Sydney for a little for for a short stint. I, I went to an Origin game. I was living at uh, Brookvale, like literally right behind the stadium, and it took us like two and a half hours to get to get to the Olympic Olympic Stadium. And then I st- it wasn't until then that I started to realise why Manly fans don't go to games that aren't aren't at Brookie. Yeah, and and you start to see. Well, I think that the we moved down there. The first game of the round was Roosters Rabbitohs. So an inner city clash yeah. and it was played at ANZ and I thought it's just it's crazy. What well, I so I think that either needs to be a relegation system in Sydney or they need to drop down to like four or five teams. So you got you go the Fiji Roosters. So there's far east, so they can yeah. Fiji Roosters. You might have the Perth Sharks, and then you need I think the Northern Eagles was the right sort of idea, as in yeah. North Sydney, Northern Beaches. Obviously, the history of the clubs meant it was never going to work. But I think that sort of geography was right. And then you might have two or three teams. You you have the Sydney City team, which would be South or, you know, maybe South and Roosters could merge. Never going to happen. But, you know, and then maybe two or three teams out west. But uh, there's just too many at the moment. And I always look at the NFL, and I know, you know, We can't look at American, Americans don't do a lot of things great, but they they do one thing really well and that's sport. NFL teams have usually got an entire state, let alone an entire city to themselves. And it's just billions and billions of dollars there. Whereas we try and run nine teams out of one, one city that's not, you know, I think about the same population as Manhattan Island. It's, it's crazy. I, I want to see him expand. I, I, you know, rugby league since I was a kid. I just love it. It's my passion. I, I love that there was they're trying to push into America. There's so you get one percent of that market, and you've got three million more fans. I've
1: said this for years because I I I got a player over when I was CR Burley. I got a player over uh, from America to play for for Burley. Um, so he'd come out of the college system. Yep. Um, Akarika Dawn, um, big fella, and you know, he come and train and I was I was still mucking around playing local grade then and so I played some games with him. You know what, he he tackle technique was perfect, he was fast, exploded big man, and he lived with me the time he's here and so all he needed to learn was rugby league now. Yep. And if he'd have stayed here to play Q Cup like he and so that's one bloke. Well there's thousands of those those people over there that are on the scrap heap.
0: Yeah, you don't – there's no reserve grade. You either make it or you
1: stop yeah. playing for it. So they're already athletes. They're already – which is what NRL clubs seem to get these days is athletes who mm-hmm. don't have – sometimes don't have any footy sense. So they're just waiting to be picked up. And I talked to Todd Greenberg five years ago when I was with the Jill and asked him, can we take a game to Hawaii? Um, because I've got a mate over there, runs a footy over there. And uh, I said, they would lap it up seeing girls – the only thing they've seen over there is laundry league. Well, this is girls playing footy without pads on. Yeah. And it would have been just massive. And he goes, oh, we don't have the funding for that. So I asked the KRL, we don't have the funding for that. And Because I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm an expansionist and I just, uh, M- America, if Meric- America decides to take it seriously, they'll beat everyone.
0: Yeah. We're, we're never going to get Toronto and New York into the Australian It's just too far. No. But it, uh, I can't remember, what, what the fl- what's the flight from New York to London?
1: Uh, Eight hours or something, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's
0: it's a fair commute for for a team, but yeah, just the fact that you've major cities mm-hmm. over there that you just got to pick up a, a fraction like the fringe fans that aren't particularly interested in their own game, and, and you're going to get a massive following. Um, yeah, it's definitely Perth. I, I I hate every time I hear Brisbane's the next team for another team. We, I've you know people that listen to the pod will get sick of me saying it. Brisbane haven't won a comp since the Titans entered the because they've no longer got a stranglehold and get their pick of every player in south east Queensland. If you drop another team in here before the Titans are doing well, you're just gonna you're just gonna dilute the Broncos even further and you're gonna you're gonna destroy the Titans, It is is my opinion. I I think you would be better off going to Perth, its own market, try and develop some juniors there.
1: Yeah. I I see I'd go Perth and Brisbane. I'm I think the Broncos have sell, bought, sell me on it. Sell me on another the Broncos team have paid the price for their own um the way they've done things and in my opinion the Bronco fight, Bronco fight, everything and the way they yeah, you know the kids are coming through and they've just you know like you said they've had for years had the pick of whatever they wanted but there's still enough talent there just there's talent that's being missed or talent that kids aren't getting picked up so that they just stop playing and I think the talent's there, and I like probably I like to see the uh, Ipswich that Ipswich bid that way. It takes in all Toowoomba and and do it like that. I, I think there's talent there. I just think you know, I, I, the Titans. I I think the Titans are on the up. Yeah, I really do. Uh, great coach, good coaching staff. Absolutely
0: robbed on the weekend. You'll not you'll not change my mind on that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I just think I, I question probably their fitness in the back back halves. I think. They fall apart, but, yeah, I really love what they're doing there, and I think they'll just keep on improving, but, yeah, I'll um, I'll go against you. I think there needs to be another Brisbane team.
0: If there's another Brisbane team, I'll go the other way. I reckon Redcliffe and start to to take in north, north of – so Brisbane gets Metro, Gold Coast gets, you know, basically Logan down – I think there's some torn people that probably, you know, cut the corner and come down to some Titans games every now and then. I think you're gonna drop another team into Redcliffe, you get the Sunshine Coast with massive expansion. That whole when you're driving north to the sunny coast and you, that cow paddock to your right, yeah. that's all gonna be houses over the next twenty yeah. years. There is a massive development going on there. Uh, the population there is, is gonna grow and you and you can push that north as far as you like. So that, that'd be my only argument. I feel like the NRL wants to Two teams playing out of Suncorp every week, yeah. uh, or sort of on opposing yeah, weeks, yeah. which sort of goes against that. You're not so that means they're not playing in Ipswich anyway, and they're not going to play at Redcliffe. And I don't think you're getting forty thousand every week in Brisbane.
1: You won't because because
0: all those fans that see their yeah. team once a year have a bit more choice of when they're going to yeah. go to the footy. So I think it just dilutes dilutes that crowd. That's just my my opinion. I
1: think if it's Redcliffe, but oh, I love Redcliffe, great club. Probably one of the best run clubs um, in the country. A lot of people don't like Redcliffe because it goes back to the old BRL, and yeah. so my only worry would they get that support. You know, that's my only worry. Whereas you started a brand new club, well, people will jump on. I might be wrong I, again. I'm, I'm no expert, so I'm, either way, I just say they make their mind up whatever they're doing. I'll go, I'll go back years ago when the Super League war. Whether you love Super League or Super League went into Toowoomba and offered them a leagues, they build them a leagues club and they offered to give them a couple hundred thousand a year for so many years. Now, they knocked it back. Not oh, they didn't knock back. The QRL knocked it back. But if that had happened, I believe Toowoomba would have an NRL side now because they, it's a big enough town to,
0: yeah. you know,
1: like a Newcastle, like it can thrive. And I just look back at that decision, Joe you know, Perth, Adelaide, and I look back at that one thing, well, they could have changed everything.
0: Well, Toowoomba now it's just got the big airport, so you can fly straight in there. Well, yeah. Brisbane, the Brisbane West Airport, <laughs> you'd be spewing if you'd flown in from overseas, <laughs> to, thinking you were going to get Brisbane. Just get a cab. I get a cab from <laughs> Brisbane West into the city. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they de- definitely yeah. they could they could have a team out there as well. I, I'd go to Perth, but yeah, I, I can see the yeah. attraction for trying to cement another team in here.
1: You to see what they do. I like, I, again, I don't know what's right and what's wrong. I think
0: they need to back new teams the same way as the AFL does, though.
1: Yeah. AFL, you know, a really well-run machine. Probably Peter Volandis has shown them up a little bit this year, which is good because that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, but they're a well-run machine and, you know, the amount of money that they put into the Suns and the Giants. and. You see, you
0: know. He's got the goods, Pete. He, he seems like he's come in, dictatorship, yeah. uh, this, it's this way. This is what we're doing. My only criticism of him is that I feel like, because he wears a New South Wales hat when he's in his racing role, he needs to make sure he takes that off when he gets gets into into the NRL head office. It's a, it's it's the National Rugby League. Yeah. So you know you need to be thinking about Queensland and Victoria and that expansion. But yeah, it's, from all accounts, it looks like he's doing a, doing a great job. Everyone got a bit nervous. Rules on the run last week, but I think. Yeah,
1: I think he's, gonna, he's. I like him My, my, my only He thing. seems to
0: be two steps ahead of the AFL, and we've not been that position for a long time.
1: And look, the, the worst thing that could have been happened is if we went through this with Peter Beattie in charge. So, Peter Beattie in charge, out of our game. Uh,
0: you've been you've been coaching for nearly twenty years, in in one capacity or another, captain coach, and then yeah. uh, with the Fiji team. What's been the biggest change in the players in that time? How, um, how how you connect with your, your playing group?
1: Very different. You know, I guess in the early days, you, you said jump, they jump. Now it's not so much and there's a lot more ego, I feel, particularly in the, not not so much in the girls' game but in the men's game, a lot more ego. There's, you know, they've got more access to information and some think that they're better than what they are um, because they've been told they are and... and you know, haven't been, haven't had it, been through a struggle or adversity, and that's the problem. You've got to go through adversity to appreciate what you got. You know, like I said, I I played three years of grade, but I sat on the bench for first grade twenty odd times, never got on. Yeah, when you're that close and you don't get on the first grade, oh, I could easily just quit, and but I kept plugging away, plugging away, plugging away, and you know, you got to go through adversity to appreciate the good times, and um, yeah, I just think that a little bit cocky, some of them. And, um, and then in the women's game, is different because they want to learn. They really want to learn and they're sponges. Um, so that's, that, that was a breath of fresh air, um, being involved in that.
0: Do you think you talk about the, the current players? There seems to be, it's, it's just a circus now. Pl- players leaving contracts early, you know, players that want to retire, but still want to be paid for the, for the end of their contract. Now, I I can see that there's a need to protect the players because you can't have a club just decide, "Ah, we we, we signed that guy for too much and now we regret it. You, You don't want buyer's remorse to be able to, you know, a club to just, you know, piss a guy off and, and he's put his body on the line and he gets shafted. But at the same time, it feels like they sack a coach because they can't sack all the players. You know, a coach can get sacked on performance, but, you Know the players you, g- you get a guy on a million bucks and he's not performing, you can't really play him in reserve grade because your club can't afford it. And you know, you he might have two more years on his contract, and and yet next minute you're paying him to play some. I hate that yeah. when a club's playing a guy to play somewhere else. I'd rather see a transfer fee or or you know, something like it. Just it's ludicrous when you've got a club that's got to pay a guy to play against them. I, I, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is, and then. One that's really bothering me at the moment, and I want to put this to you, you've you've been you've seen the game from all aspects player, coach, and CEO of yeah. of, of a QRL side. Yeah. Um, should there be a difference between a player's manager and a coach's manager? So if you if you've got players and you're their their manager, should you not be allowed to be a coach's manager and vice versa to yeah. try and get a, you know, get this um, like a delineation between the two?
1: Yeah, well, I. I th- I think there should be because there's a lot of grey areas when you see what's been happening, and certain managers get so many players at the club, and then the coaches part of the books is just you know, and there's you know there's coaches that'll play, 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 uh, managers that'll play players that they've got under their sta- on their stable under their stable, and they'll play them off against each other without them even knowing, and telling them one thing, and oh, well, look if you take ten grand off his. That contract you're going to offer him and put 10 grand on that. There's So much stuff going on, but I just yeah I don't I reckon if yeah you're a coaches, a coaches manager or a player manager, I think that'd be a good idea. And that, that way just that wouldn't stop you
0: from doing things in netball or AFL or yeah. soccer or, or the uh, NBL. Or you could be a player manager in other codes, but if you've got coaches, then you can't have NRL players. Yeah. I, I, that's I don't know. I, I can't see any other way to. It just seems a mess at the moment, and it's something the fans hate. Is I don't mo- I'd rather see uh, it. I'm a fan of the transfer window, so I don't want to hear about all you know, player going here, playing going there. I don't like players signing a year in advance, and then so I, I can't do that. I can't negotiate with my competitor and go, "I'll come and work for you next year, but I'm going to spend 12 months here." If that happens in my industry, you end up on what they call gardening leaf.
1: Yeah. Well, in England, see, in England, you had what what what's happening with Harry Grant. That's common. I don't mind that. Yeah, it, it is brilliant.
0: But I hate the circus. Yeah, that, yeah. that he's playing well now. The Tigers are going to try and keep him. Yeah. No, that's that wasn't the deal. Yeah, yeah. The deal was, the kid needed some first grade experience. The Tigers needed a hooker. Fits both parties. I, I don't like the whole. Oh well, now the Tigers are going to keep him, and what if Cameron Smith plays? And the constant speculation. Now I know, that's what everyone you know. Monday to Friday, that's what yeah. everyone needs to keep employed on. But I, I hate it. I, yeah, the it
1: kid- is. It's a bugbear on the game. And But, yeah, going back to the the Harry Grant situation in England, it was great because if you weren't playing good uh, – sorry, if you weren't getting a game for your club, well, you can go, go for another. And you could show your club up, and then you're putting yourself on the market if you you know you could get a contract with that club you're at, or or your own club will go. Hang on, jeez, we made a mistake here. Yeah, this kid can play. I,
0: I don't mind that that it, that's a kid that may be stuck behind a good player, yep. getting some experience. But what I hate is you know signing now and then twelve months time. I feel like there should be a trade window mid season. Right, get it all out of your system. Yeah, swap it around. So if a team's coming last and they've got a good player or whatever, you know you might oh. You know, yep. he's going to go and play over here because they're a chance of the eight or whatever. That, you know, the Roosters are short on play. You know, lose two or three players. Yep. That they can get someone that's from another team. And then maybe again at the end of the season. This whole, you need 12 months in advance to know where you're working next year. Yeah. I don't know where I'm working next year.
1: No, no, no. I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I hate that. And it's like, well, hang on. You don't always know. You, you know, I've been made redundant a couple of jobs and you, all of a sudden you got to you got to find a new job. and. Yeah does it's not always easy, but yeah. So uh, going back to what you're saying about players today, well, yeah, with the managers, you know, now if the players don't like anything, they go to their manager. The manager leaks it to the paper, and it becomes just a shit fight. And you know, I'm not not a big believer in that. Once upon a time, you just sorted it all out, and you know. And now it's you know it's different.
0: It does it does seem crazy. Something I noticed um, um, recently. You, the coach of the Buller Coolers, Fiji, massive potential growth market. It's one of my favourite destinations. I've been there twice and absolutely love the joint. Obviously, great location, but the people that just, you know, you get off a plane and you're just smiling. Beautiful people. They yeah. can't do enough for you. You know, carry the kids, grab your stuff. Yeah. You know, I think like money feels like the work, the furthest thing from their mind, whereas you land in other destinations and you feel like they're trying to pick it straight yeah. out of your pocket. I love the joint. They love their footy, you know. Everyone goes off oh, Fiji. They love their rugby union. They they love their rugby league too. It's always on the telly yeah. there. It's 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 got to be a potential market for us. We've seen some great players come out of there. I noticed recently your team have been omitted from the the women's world cup. Yeah. How?
1: Well, I thought. See, I thought that. Because we played, uh, for those who don't know, we played our first ever test match last year in June. We played the PG, PNG Orchids, who are a top four or five nation. So yeah. we beat them 28-0 in our first ever test. So I just automatically thought we'd go straight into the World Cup because we've shown been one yeah. of the top teams. So anyway, it was not until two months later that they actually announced the World Cup teams. And a, a bloke on Twitter gave me a little private message. He said... I'm hearing that he's not in. I'm thinking, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And sure enough, that's how I learned it as well. I learned on Twitter that, uh, uh, on social media, that um, we weren't in. And I just, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was so cranky. So, and
0: so when is that World Cup? Next year. Next year,
1: here? No, England. England. So it was two and cou- a, two and a half years, two and a half years until the World Cup it was. And we'd just been in PNG. Um, then we played Australian, Australian uh, Prime Minister thirteen and Fiji in the October and lost twenty two fourteen. So we led three, qu- three quarters of the game. We led. Um, we've we got some potential. We had three or four Olympians yep. that had come over. Um, we were getting making inroads over there, and it was just oh, just it was such a backward step because we could have put a. Left uppercut to uh, the union rugby union, so your girls they've got an option here now, and yeah, just just missed. Talk, same as like America, it was just poorly missed. And who
0: who knows? Who knows whether that World Cup will happen? We don't know what yeah, next well, year brings in in the UK, but it just seems like a mistake. So. I have this fantasy that rugby union and rugby league, after a hundred and something years, will realise they're the same game and come back together. <laughs> And then really become that global sport. Like yeah. I think about the the infrastructure we'd own, the player talent, the fans. I know it'll, it'll never happen. I get yeah, it. Yeah. I, it'll never happen. But it's it's as close as it's ever going to happen right now in Australia. And if, and and even if I think, well, maybe the two codes could exist or the different competitions could exist, but maybe mm. one World Cup.
1: It'd be interesting, wouldn't it? It'd be interesting.
0: Because um, they're changing their rules to be more like league, and. I don't know. The, the game's boring is bad shit. Let's oh, be honest.
1: And I go to say, I don't watch it.
0: But I love. I I grew up, you know, as a rugby league kid, but I loved watching the Wallabies play.
1: Well, so did I. I. I grew up in the in the eighties, the Ellers, the Campesies, the Horns, the, the Littles. You know, they were from our my old Jason Little. I played against him in under twelve carnival and Goodfellow and um, but I grew up watching them and loved it. You yeah. Know, you know. Camp Easy, Goose Step, you know, and all these great players. And then now I don't watch it because it's I don't enjoy it. No. Um But I absolutely lived it. I watched every minute of it. You know, I was in England when they won the World Cup in 99, I think it was. And a mate of mine, Steve Nance, was the strength and conditioning coach and he was at the Cowboys I was there. And, um, you know, they won it and it was just amazing, you know, particularly because I lived in England so I could go and um, – Slag the the um, <laughs> pommy boys off, but um, yeah, it was just good time. Like, but I, I just fell out of love with it. Um, I don't know when I did, but I just don't enjoy watching it. It's the I, re- I enjoy watching the All Blacks. There you go, because I, yeah, I yeah. love their the culture that they've created.
0: It's the reverse in England, though, right? Like NRL dominant here, but over in England,
1: yeah, we're down the bottom of the pile over there, and you know it's seen as a the Northern, game. Northern I keeps, game. I don't
0: really know a lot about Super League other than it's sort of, yeah. you know, it's very geographical.
1: M62 basically. And then London and you've got all these clubs and, um, but again, poorly run and could have grown it so much better. And that's why I hope that New York will come in now. And instead of Toronto, cause it looks like Toronto is going to go belly up, but, um, if New York wanted well, to buy, buy their license. In
0: the, it's going to be hard yeah. in the current climate to get a crop backwards and forwards across yeah. Italy.
1: But I, I love the fact that Toronto were in it, you know, um, they're they making good inroads, just bad timing of this virus.
0: The hard thing is that, you know, to people outside of both games, they just call it rugby. They don't know that they can't see the yeah. difference, you know, to the point where I think rugby league's not even recognised as its own sport on like the international body of sports, yeah. whatever it bloody is. But, yeah. Um, any interest in the – in the, there's a few coaching jobs. Any interest in coaching in the NRL?
1: Oh, no chance. Cowboys. No, I'm not up to that. Um, I – Always wanted because I was a player coach at Wakefield and which is you know, the last of the player coaches I guess which is, um interesting because we had relegation and always wanted to coach. That's all I've ever wanted to do is coach and yep. um, I came back to Australia and played Tor McIvers and Burley Bears and then I applied for the Burley Bears job when Rick Stone went to Newcastle and I missed out to Jimmy Lennan. funnily enough, oh and, yeah, yep. but I'd had more experience so it was like that uh, was disappointing and. But then the CR role come up, so every time I've sort of wanting to get into coaching, I just it just hasn't gone. I've always coached just rep sides along the way, and I've still got heaps to learn yep. as a coach. Um, and that's why I probably get the shits from some of these younger players now they think they know everything at twenty and twenty one. I'm thinking, well, I'm forty nine and I'm still learning. Yeah, you know, don't and I've probably forgotten more than you know, what they've learned. And um, but you're still learning, and and that's the beauty about. So with Fiji Bully girls, it was just amazing. The culture, like we would have devotion prayers every morning and every night and singing hymns and it was just amazing. It was such a good, best thing I've done in footy was coaching that side. And
0: Are you able to do any of that role at the moment or is it just all on standby? Or all
1: sta- We don't even know when we're having another game and yeah, okay. that's the disappointment. I, I trying to organise a game in Australia with the Australian Fijians and we'd play like the Cook Islands or something, but again, we'd... I'd, you can't, and it, it'll be done on a shoestring budget. And Fiji Rugby League don't have a, a great deal of money. They've got a new board in there, which are really good. Um, but yeah, there's so much. I'd love to, honestly. I'd love to win millions and millions of dollars because I'd I'd pump it into into certain areas that yep. you know, that you could just make a big difference.
0: I've taken up heaps of your time and I really appreciate it. I've got three questions That's that right. I always like to yep. finish on. Uh, There's sort of a rapid fire. First thing that yep. pops into your head, and we'll, we'll see how we go. I was supposed to tell you before we started, but sorry about that. Favourite place in the world for a beer? Vanuatu. That's not bad. It's, it's a new one too. Favourite athlete of all time? So not the greatest athlete of all time, your favourite athlete of all time?
1: Uh, Steve Waugh.
0: Steve Waugh? And then last one, it's cliche, but I love it. Any four people from history over for a beer and some barbecue. Who's coming? And what are you cooking?
1: Um, well, just have just have a steak. You gotta have a steak if you're in a barbecue. I like a steak. Uh I might as well invite Steve War since I, I like him. Um, Tick. Is it dead or alive? Too dead or alive? Yeah. I, I did a similar thing. Um, I'd like uh, JFK. Yep. I'd like to know what. What he got up to back in the day, Um, Julius Caesar, because that interested me that time. Going way back. And then... He's going to be harder to get. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) he might come. And then uh, the Queen. I met the Queen once, so I thought she'd know a little bit what's going on as well, so might as well invite her. That's
0: very different, I like it. Well, I've got a couple of things for you. So, you can have, take your pick. We've got, we've got the new uh, Gripstar snapbacks or, or the fitted caps. So one of them's yours. I've got some uh, Gripstar socks for you. So, whether you use those or the kids use them, uh, all the rage now, yep. f- improving performance, uh, stop shift, foot slipping in the shoe, uh, uh, seriously grippy. And one of my previous guests, the boys from uh, Paramount Safety, left this Thorst gear behind. So, it's like hydration products. Um uh, by, developed by athletes elite athletes for basically for the for the workplace yep. but uh, yeah the uh, it's a hypertonic solution for rapid fluid absorption so that's all yours to take home I really appreciate it's you like coming Chris, in
1: like Christmas this is yeah bloody brilliant
0: have you got uh, anything you want to plug uh, Twitter handle where can people find you
1: oh, I'm on Twitter Vals 13 Twitter um, Instagram Facebook Well, that's. A lot of UK followers, so it's pretty full up though on Facebook. But oh,
0: uh, and I, f- I forgot to talk about the Adrian Vales Cup. Is that,
1: yeah, well, seems like a passion of yours, yeah. Well, I started in 2014 with my best mate, the the mayor of Charleville. Now, the mayor of Charleville, uh, Sean Radnage, Zorro. Um, and we started up in 2014 to give the kids in the bush some footy. Got three teams to start with, um, and now we're up to 26 teams coming from Redcliffe, you know, Brisbane, uh, Toowoomba. So we run at the the last weekend of February every year. So we, we were the only ones to run really run a carnival this year. So we've we've decided that we'll get the Daily M uh, Carnival of the Year. We've got in given early ourselves a trophy. So we look forward to getting that trophy at the end of the year. But uh, yeah, amazing. It brings in this year it brought in over two hundred thousand dollars into the town as well for three days. So amazing.
0: Forgot to mention. I found this in the uh, in my collection today. As a a young Adrian Vowles from the Cowboys. Look at the hair, eh? Hair today, gone tomorrow. Anyway, uh, everybody, you know where you can find us, at Beers and Banter. Please like, subscribe, share, do all those things. It helps us out. Uh, The big algorithm tries to keep us down, but we're we're fighting our way through it. Uh, As always, uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers.
1: Thanks for having me.